Hey everyone, welcome to the Threadcast. Ryan Smith here. Hope that you are doing well. Um, we're in November here and we're kind of doing a, a month of thankfulness and so I thought I'd share uh, just a few thoughts on it. Um, if you haven't already, on our Facebook page, uh, I post a video of Sid, um, shared some thoughts in our gathering today about thankfulness that were spectacular and how they work with the triangle. Or even last week, uh, Connie brought some great thoughts as well. So you got two great videos to watch if you uh, want to be challenged and what it means to be thankful. Uh, but I've got some other thoughts today. And I'm going to start off with a story. Um, when I was in, oh, fifth or sixth grade, uh, we lived in a neighborhood, Burning Tree Association. And um, for the summer, I would live, literally live at the pool, it felt like. Um, we had a neighborhood pool love to go to. And so fifth and sixth grade, um, over the summers, I would ride my bike up there and pretty much go as soon as it opened and stay till mom and dad got home in the afternoon. They worked all day. Um, they got a babysitter for my brother. So I was on my own. So I would just go up to the pool and a group of friends from the neighborhood, we'd go up there and just hang out with the lifeguards, play sharks and minnows, jump off the diving board, just hang out and just thought we were the coolest thing ever. And so in all that time, I got to get to know the lifeguards each summer and get to know them real well and hang out and, um, you know, being a fifth or sixth grader, hanging out with what seemed like, you know, cool college kids, you know, and you know, the lifeguards were gorgeous and you, know, you just thought you were so, so cool hanging out with them. And so I got to be with them all the time, and one day they um, they were going to compete in a citywide lifeguard event that was held at Big Splash, which is was the uh, summer theme park, you know, water park. And you had all these slides and stuff, and all the different pool associations would send their lifeguards there, and they were going to compete in like a an Olympic type version of lifeguard events, and so. It was a private event that only lifeguards and there would go to, but uh, these two girls um, that were lifeguards at our pool uh, invited me and another guy named Jimmy uh, to go, and, and they said, hey, would you want to come and hang out with us all day while we, we compete? And we're like, oh, yeah, you know, two guys hanging out with two college li uh, lifeguards, why not? And so we uh, they came and picked us up early in the morning, and uh, we... Drove, they drove us to Big Splash, and she uh, she drove a, a Camaro with T-tops, and we took the the, the T-tops off, and so we, we just thought we were, it was the greatest thing ever. And so we went and uh, stayed at Big Splash and cheered on our lifeguards all day long. They did really, I think they ended up, I think I remember they getting, up, getting second because there was a big controversy about why they should have got first, and so... Spent literally all day there, and then on the way home, the the ladies asked if we wanted to stop and get some pizza, and so we did. And then they dropped us off, and it was a great time. And I mean, it was one of the best days of my life back then. I got to hang out with all these great people. These two girls uh, got us into this event, and then we got pizza at the end. And it was just a great, great time. And I remember the next day, end ended up going back to the pool, and just was happy as ever, glowing, you know. And uh, these these two lifeguard ladies, they were mad at me. I was like, "What? What? I, what? You know, I, I didn't know what I did." And they were just—you could tell they they didn't talk to me for a long time. And then finally, the, they uh, 
during a break, I went over to them and they just lit into me and called me ungrateful and all this other stuff. And I was like, what happened? He goes, he goes, yesterday we bought you tickets, which I didn't know they had to buy me tickets to this thing. Bought me tickets to it. We bought you pizza, had a great time. We dropped you guys off and not once did you guys ever say thank you. And I remember just like my stomach just dropping out. I was just so embarrassed. And I remember how mad these girls were at us that that we had taken advantage of them in the sense of just not being thankful. And and to this day, as you can imagine, it, it still sits with me. The idea of of enjoying something that was given to you and just being so excited about it and having so much fun that you forget uh, to say thankful that you're so arrogant or so egocentric that um, just what was given to you was it just it was you were supposed to get it right like it's not it wasn't it wasn't something that um, that you could ever imagine um, should be any other way um, and and that that as you can imagine that that story has stuck with me and and it made me think as we're, we're talking about the idea of, of thankfulness, um, it made me think about this story in Luke, in Luke 17. It's a short one, uh, and I'm sure you've you've seen it before, but it's uh, Luke 17, 11 through 19. I want to read it to you and then just kind of break down a few of my thoughts as we, read, as we go back through it. But it says, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourself to the priest. And as they went there, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all the ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. Yeah, so you can see how uh, my earlier story might fit with this story. But I want to kind of break it down a little bit and just kind of bring out some talking points in this idea of thankfulness in this passage, right? You know, it is this idea that the, that the nine doesn't come back to thank him. But, but there's some more depth in here I think that we can look at. So first off, it says at the beginning, you know, he's on his way to Jerusalem. And he's up north. Um, he's probably been, he was in Capernaum before this. And so it says that he traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Now to say where the place between Samaria and Galilee, I don't know that it's a like legitimate, like literal place, right? Because, you know, where's the borderline? But I think what the writers are saying is like, we're entering into this like liminal space, right? This space in between. And when, when the writer starts off with some some of that kind of, wording that thought that you know there's more to this story right this idea that i'm in between galilee and samaria i'm in between uh the jewish land and in the samaritan land that, that there's something neat that's going to go on here and it says as he was going into a village 10 men with leprosy met him they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice jesus master have pity on us now um, if we look into the the history of this, you know, for them to yell out um, was kind of a big deal because a lot of people that were lepers back then had lost a lot of their vocal cords. So this wasn't had to be, a, um, you know, wasn't like a big yelling thing, but but at the same time, it had to be where they were excited about it because they, you know, if you were a leper, you had to keep a certain distance away from everybody else. 
And they yell out, you know, Jesus, master, have pity on us. So even in that statement, you know, this idea of calling him master, there's this, there's this faith aspect, this, this submission that's already going on between all 10, right? So all 10 of them um, are, um, have said, you have something amazing to offer. You know, have pity on us. You know, help us in, in, in our affliction. It says, when Jesus saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. Now, again, it sounds kind of weird why he would do this, but back then, um, uh, only the Jewish rabbis, um, the priests, uh, could declare whether you were free of leprosy or not. And they had these, you know, it comes back from the Leviticus law and all these other things, but they had to go. And so, so when he says this, um, it was, it was, it was like a note. I'm sure they had already been to the rabbis, but to the priests before. Like, I mean, I'm sure that they had done this as being lepers. They, they'd been, done this once before. And he, he, but he just simply says, go show yourself to the priest. And then as they go, it says that they were cleansed, right? And this word cleansed, um, we're going to associate with the idea that, that, that it declares that their leprosy had gone, uh, had, had disappeared. But it says at some point, um, as they were going, they're cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. Now, we don't know if they ever made it to those priests. Like if they, if they, uh, you know, once they saw that they were done, if they went on, I'm sure they had to, to get a, you know, to get a, a, a clean bill of health so they could, you know, a doctor's note, if you will, that they're clean uh, because everybody would have known who they were. But it says, One of them came back praising God in a loud voice. Again, that loud voice was not common with leprosy. So again, it's just a pronunciation that, that he was healed. He throws himself at Jesus' feet. Again, incredible language to say just how thankful and humbled he is in this moment. And then it points out that he was a Samaritan. Again, it's this idea that he, out of all the people, he shouldn't have, he should not have been there. But remember. This is in the liminal space, right, between Samaria and Galilee. And so the idea that, you know, again, there's some incredible things of, of God's grace and, and mercy reaching not just the Jewish people, but it's reaching out to all different types of people. There's that thing that's going on here, some things to think about. And Jesus says, we're not all ten cleansed. You know, where are the other nine at? And has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he says to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Now, for a long time when I read this, just that idea that I just associated with the leprosy, right? But it seems like there's a second blessing here. This idea that, you know, those other nine, they were healed. They, did every, they didn't do anything wrong. Do you understand that? Like, they didn't do anything wrong. They did exactly what they were told. They just didn't come back. They, they received a blessing from Jesus, right? They were healed of leprosy. And how amazing a gift is that? Um, and they're not punished for it, for not coming back. But Jesus wasn't done. <laughs> like, he offers this 10th guy, this, this foreigner, this Samaritan. He says, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. And so this word well, I'm going to have to assume it doesn't mean his leprosy, right? This is, I'm going to, I think this is a salvation concept, right? This is a, this is an idea, a declaration of being saved. That, that God says, 
that Jesus says, you know, I'll heal you. I'll take care of you. I'm going to take care of those physical needs. And I've got something else. Now, I'm not big into transactionalism and all this idea of, you know, you earn things. This is not what this is about. But it, it seems very clear in this story that the Samaritan coming back and praising and saying thank you and giving honor opened a door to a greater gift than physical healing. It opened a door to a, a, a salvation kind of relationship with Jesus. And I don't know what to do with that. I don't know, I don't know what that means, but it does, I think there is something there when when we practice the art, the gift, the the discipline of being thankful that it opens doors in relationships to the divine that we could have never imagined, right? Doesn't mean that we don't receive good blessing. You know, God doesn't say I'm not, not gonna bless people, right? He blessed those other nine. And I imagine they still stayed blessed. Just because they didn't come back, I don't think they their leprosy grew back, right? I don't I don't think that's happened. I don't see that happening. But there is something connected to saying thank you, to being grateful. So, I don't know what you want to do with that. I don't know how that hits you, but just I want to give you some words to think through this week about what it means that, you know, that when you receive a blessing, that maybe God's not done, that maybe there's even more, and that sometimes just the idea of saying thank you opens doors, you know. I know that once I, uh, after I realized what I'd done to those two lady lifeguards, um, I begged for their forgiveness and I, I tried so hard to, to, to earn their trust back again. And they finally forgave me and we had a great relationship after that. But, but just the idea of, of being thankful for things we're blessed with, right? It's not just, it's not just the connection to that immediate thing that we received or that we were blessed with, but that being thankful can actually open other doors in our relationship with the divine. So just something to think about. Hope you have a great week. Grace and peace to you.